Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. And we're back, guys of a certain age, with Jay Reed and Art Shirley. And I'm Robbie Koblenz. Well, we've made it to episode quattro, number four. That's like how many albums Toto had, right? I think that's probably true. No, they actually had one past past four. So so does that mean the next one will be uh, Cinco de Pato? The fifth one? (laughs) And the podcast comes to a complete halt. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, Wow. Okay. Let's just keep moving past. Yeah, four episodes. So, but hey, Toto Four. What's the significance of the album Toto Four? It's the one that had Africa on it. That's right. That's right. It's also their high chartist al- charting album. I think it won three, two or three Grammys. So yeah, then then their drummer died in a bizarre gardening accident. Okay, that's news. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I mean, not to get too morbid, but like like late eighties. If I remember correctly, somebody needs to snopes me on this. But the drummer of Toto actually was doing some gardening work and developed a severe allergy to some pesticides and ended up dying. Always draws the parallel to Spinal Tap with... Oh, yeah. All the drummers that kept dying. Yeah. All the drummers that kept uh, meeting untimely death. So did you find it, Art? Art's on his iPad yes, Pro. Yes, Jeff Porcaro. Was that right? Uh, death. Caro died in August five, uh, August fifth, uh, nineteen ninety two, at the age of thirty eight. He had fallen ill after spraying insecticide in the yard of his Hidden Hills home and died that evening. Wow, a bizarre I had a similar experience that I lived to tell about one summer working in the cornfields out at, at Mississippi State, and uh, we were pollinating, and the pollen got all over me, and I had to quit work at lunch after going to the doctor because I turned into a giant hive from the pollen. Ooh. Wow. But I'm still here to tell the tale. Yeah, the hive of pollen. Wasn't that a Doctor Who episode? I don't know. That no, was- that was a leisure hive. And we, we've gone four episodes without talking Doctor Who. Let's see how many we can do. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Yeah, there you go. So we're recording this on a Monday, and last night was... The, uh, the the latest American holiday known as the Super Bowl, which I had a little protest since my Saints were not included in the festivities. So did you guys did you guys watch? Did you partake? We did. I had planned on not watching it as well and ended up turning it on midway through the first quarter and ended up, yeah, so watched the rest of it. I think I got in early second quarter. I, I was really hoping maybe a, a chasm would open up in the Mercedes been Ben's dome and they would both fall in and then they would pull the Falcons in with him because it's a home stadium. It didn't happen. No. So, well, but anyway, what well, do you know? It was the last football game of the season. Pretty much. I, I don't, I'm not aware of any more. No, so no. it's kind of heartbreaking, especially being in the South, you know, college football ended a few weeks back and now pro football has ended. And, and so now we just look forward to summer and the end of summer. And the no, season, you have right? spring training. Spring practice starts in about 40 days. True. And there is a spring game to. Uh, and the second signing day is two days from when we're recording this. It's kind of like, you know, from, from The Hobbit, where you have first breakfast and second breakfast. Now you have first signing day in December and you have second signing day in February. And so. That should be interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think he knows about second breakfast at all. 
Yeah, that's right. Very good. Very good. Very, very hobbitish. So um, we watched a little bit of it. We got into it, I think, in, in the second quarter. Um, the game was very much a defensive struggle. Boy, and therefore, it was. boring by, mo- you know, hey, it, it's <laughs> by most one, people's standards. And I believe the overnights are in. It's one of the lowest rated Super Bowls yeah, in a long that's time. That's what I saw that too. But at the same time, I, I heard on the way over here that the movie box office figures were also the lowest on a Super Bowl weekend in the last two decades. So people were, if they weren't watching the game, they weren't going to the movie either. That was our original plan. We were going to go see uh, Glass last night mm. and ended up not doing that after all. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, of course, around here it was a beautiful weekend too. So maybe people got out for the first time. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I believe it was above zero in the Northern climbs of the United States. So that's, that's practically balmy up there. But with the game being as dull as it was, what did y'all think of the commercials that were on? There were some good commercials, uh, you know, more so than I remember the last few years. What stood out? I'm trying to think. There's the one that I laughed at the most was not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it was a Super Bowl commercial or not, but it was the a State Farm where these guys were in a wreck, and the the it was a helium truck that had been wrecked. Oh so yeah, everybody was starting to speak in the helium voice. And yeah, that's know. been out for a few. It's been out. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. so gosh, I'll have to start over then. Yeah, yeah. I I, I loved. Oh well, first I got tired of all the uh, the Bud Light. Barley, I mean the, the corn syrup, the corn syrup, you know, and just start rolling my eyes repeatedly, and then we come in with the Game of Thrones. Now, see, to me, that was great. That was phenomenal. I died out laughing. It was it, so unexpected. To no me. one else at the at the house had any idea. When I saw the mountain there, uh-huh. I'm like, oh my goodness. So, I mean, did they kill the Bud Knight? Is uh, he- yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen things. Of course, who knows if he'll come back or not? But I've seen you know, rest in peace, Bud Knight. Uh, yeah. little memes and things that are from Budweiser. Yeah. So I think yeah. they're they're going with that for a while. Did you see that, Jay, the, that commercial? Is that the one with the corn syrup being delivered? or is that, No, was it, it was. They had, had those throughout. They had uh, a few different corn syrup commercials. A few different corny commercials. Yeah. Yeah. But then they had this one that was supposed to be a joust, and it was for all the world like a straight, you know, Bud Light commercial that they've been running with the kingdom and everything. Dilly dilly. Yeah. <laughs> Not to spoil it, but it's a commercial, so I don't really care. But... Uh, but at one point, the uh, the Bud Knight is, uh, you know, unseated during the joust <laughs> and the uh, violently uh, dispatched with in much the manner of one of the scenes from Games of Thrones and a That's dragon right. tro- shows up and yeah. it just turns into a Game of Thrones commercial, the music played and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, and it said, you know, Game of Thrones will return, you know, so it became a Game of Thrones promo and it, it was just, it was great because it was so unexpected yeah. and you had not heard any hint of it. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was great. That was what's unusual is that it was not spoiled somewhere along some of these, uh, geek websites that, uh, we visit didn't have anything about it. So I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Amazon one as well, especially, and they kept showing little bits and pieces of that, but the long one where they kept saying that all the Amazon echo dot, whatever, uh, had not been successful, uh, iterations laying, they had this dog jumping around and Harrison Ford was, you know, he kept saying, ordering dog food, ordering dog food. And Harrison was like, I'm not paying for that food. <laughs> a little, a little Turner and Hooch esque. Yeah. A little bit. So yeah, that one was great. I like the, uh, the Verizon one with the uh, coach who wasn't supposed to be oh there. Oh my gosh. That well, was very strong. Yeah. And cra- And they've done several of those. Mm-hmm. So that's a new campaign. Did you see that one, Jay? I don't think so. So uh, I forget which coach, NFL coach, had been in a wreck several years back. 
and uh, would not have lived if not for the first responders. I did see that one, yes. Yeah, and so they had all these first responders with him, and it looked like a really organic um, a really organic moment where I don't think the coach knew that these were the guys. No, he thought he was just girls. telling the story to the first to a group of first responders. Yeah, just kind of sharing his story with him, not realizing that these were actually the first responders who, in various capacities, had helped him survive that crash. Yeah, and you could see him crying. All right, he's not an actor; he's a coach, so yeah. he's probably yeah, not manufacturing was, the tears. I thought that was scene. good. Yeah, but, but I have to say, my favorite was the hundred years of the NFL commercial, and I didn't think I was going to like that at first. Oh, I thought, oh, this awesome. is not going to be good. But man, it was really, really good. That's the thought, one with all the guys sitting at the tables yeah. and throwing the ball. That yeah. was hilarious. Who yeah. was the girl in that? I don't know. I think Art's going to look that yeah, up. Yeah, she's Samantha Sam Gordon. Uh, she's an American football running back from the Salt Lake City area, and she plays on guys' teams. And I've oh, seen gotcha. a story about her yeah. before, maybe yeah. on uh, Sports Center or something. Yeah. But that's who she was. Yeah. I figured it was something like that. Yeah. So I, I thought I, that was pretty cool. Inclusion. I love the the look on Mike Singletary's face as he's trying to withhold it. He's like, <gasps> fumble. And yeah. Boom. I mean, and and Marshawn Lynch just cutting up like mm-hmm. you know he's not paying attention to Goodell. Has he ever paid attention to Roger Goodell? No, probably ever? Not. Probably not. You know. So. But that was—I thought that one was well done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like my football card collection came alive. Oh yeah, that's right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Franco Harris. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah Franco Harris was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I love Emmett Smith saying, "I still have more yards than those guys." Yeah. Yeah. That was that was great. I so. liked Peyton. He throws it. Oh, it's good throw. And he goes, "That really hurt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Peyton. Poor Peyton. So. Decent crop of commercials for the Super Bowl. And I got to thinking about this. You know, now with YouTube and any manner of streaming devices, it's not a must-see to watch the commercials because you can pick them up, you know, a few hours later. Yeah, we DVR the game so I can go back and fast-forward through that if I choose not to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. See all these ones you just told me about. Now, I will say, uh, texting back and forth with you guys, and you both had seen the Avengers commercial and the Captain Marvel commercial, or trailers, and I had not seen those. And it took me a little doing to find them on there. I was kind of surprised that it was harder to find on there than I, than I, than I originally thought it would be. Uh, but I thought both of those were great. You know, again, yeah. I'm going... Yeah. I, they didn't change my mind one way or the other. I'm not going, oh, but I was very excited about both of those. I thought they turned out good. The Avenger spot had a very leftovers feel mm-hmm. to it, you know, and uh, I believe it takes place, what, four years after the snap? I think yeah. end game takes I think place. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was that was pretty cool. Love the Marvel, Captain Marvel, you know, uh was it faster, further what's her higher Higher further, fat for, higher Further, faster, faster, yeah. Which I still think should be farther, but yeah. anyway, that's just me. Yeah, so that was that was great. So speaking of leftovers, though, like the segue, huh? <laughs> Good how job. did your how was your food for the event or non-event, as the case may yeah. be? Yeah, Jay, I think you outshone us all on this one. Well, just because I posted it on. Social media doesn't necessarily mean that I that I went above and beyond, but we yeah, we had good. My parents came over, and I had this idea. I had a new instant pot and a um, an instant pot, and somebody uh, uh, a friend of mine has a recipe book for that. So I made blue corn grits in the instant pot, uh, cheese grits, and then we had some pork that we bought from a softball team as a fundraiser. So pulled pork with that, and then some greens that my mom had brought, and I put a little Captain Rondi's boucan glaze. If you're familiar with that, it's a Mostly for appetizers, put it on cheese and dip it with crackers, but it makes a little nice sweet heat. 
Mm-hmm. So all that together, and then made some pumpkin cornbread again with blue corn. So you know what happens when you mix blue corn meal and yellow corn meal? Green corn meal? Green corn meal. Wow. And then when you add orange pumpkin, um, it, it's pretty much brown. So it was delicious, but it was not very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, kind of takes you back to kindergarten, you know, your primary colors. Oh, you know. I was thinking taking it back to when the boys were in diapers. Is what oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving forward, uh, yeah, the, so the color scheme got messed up, but the but the taste was good. And then I made some, for dessert, some red velvet crinkle cookies, uh, sandwich cookies, actually, with uh, cream cheese icing. Oh, that sounds great. I have some of those for you guys when we finish here. Wow. So, so that's it for today. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Now we're going to go eat sweets and go into a coma. Yeah, the next so. 20 minutes will be just ours chewing on food. So. What would you have, Art? Well, as I said, we had planned to go to the movie and, and thought we were going to go out to eat and go to a movie. So uh, we ended up uh, not doing that. In the last minute, we called Domino's and got pizza and wings. I don't think we were alone in the uh, oh, that's in the country doing that. No. But, uh, uh, and ate too much of both of those is, is appropriate for the Super Bowl uh, Sunday. But, uh, yeah, so I won't go into my uh, description of the sauces or <laughs> our toppings, but anyway, well, that's what we had. What did you have, Robbie? Uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. We did not Like prepare. our sponsorship. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We did not prepare for the Super Bowl at all because we were in protest, and we had a pretty large lunch. We'd had a uh, group of, uh, group of uh, guys over for Disciple Now at church this weekend, so we had five teenage boys, and four of them were on – the start are still on the Startwell High School football team. So yeah, we had a lot of food. So, but we did come up with Mark and I, the youngest son who who cooks. Uh, we uh, we made a a special king cake that was kind of a challenge off Twitter from Strange Brew Coffee House and Gary Logan, who's the director of Startwell Parks here. And I, I I really do believe that that Gary is is the living, breathing, uh, walking. Ron Swanson. I mean, he's hilarious. So every time he he tweets something at me, he puts a Ron Swanson gif. That's great. So, so he'd been doing bacon memes from Ron Swanson. And so uh, I don't know how it came up, whether it was Shane at, at Strange Brew or myself or Gary. We came up with the idea of a, a bacon maple king cake. So I told Mark, I said, Let, let's try this. And Mark's like, I don't want to do that. Nobody would eat that. So it's like, no, we're going to do it. And, and again, you know, I'm the dad. We're going to do what I want. And uh, so we made the king cake dough. Or I should say Mark did. Um, cream cheese icing, uh, not icing, cream cheese filling with maple syrup to sweeten it. So cream cheese with a little powdered sugar, maple syrup to sweeten. And then we put some uh, bacon bits in that filling, rolled it up. And then he candied some bacon. And so the, uh, the icing had maple syrup in it as a sweetener as well. Then he put candied bacon on top. Just maple to candy it? Uh, no, brown sugar. Okay. Brown sugar is the best way to candy bacon. If you had watched the breakfast episode of Making a Chef, you would have known this, Jay. I'm sure I did, but I don't remember the candied bacon oh, segment. Oh, the candied bacon segment was great. And so we put it together, and it's it's pretty friggin' unbelievable. It, uh, it may be the best king cake I've ever had, and I've had a variety of king cakes through my years. Um, so that's what we made, and that's we had a little bit of it last night, and that was kind of the extent of our 
our culinary journey during the Super Bowl because again we were in protest. But uh, that sounds really good. I'm hoping re- my uh, stomach growling doesn't uh, bleed into the uh, microphone here because that sounds really. really <laughs> and we're gonna, we're going to have some after we record this. So the sooner we get done, the better. So uh, did anybody follow what was going on in New Orleans? They had a huge party there yeah, too. Yeah, right? I thought they, that was pretty cool. They did a uh, protest party, and uh, they did one uh, like that here too. Yeah, yeah, restaurant Tyler here did one. Or no, uh, Ben Ben 612. Um, Yeah, and and Ty Timms, who's the chef owner of that, caught some grief on social media, people telling him to grow up. It's like, no, no, we got got hosed. But anyway. They they had fun. They they did have fun. Well, you know, and apparently, well, no, apparently about it, I mean, what they did in New Orleans was just unbelievable. It kind of put Mardi Gras to shame almost. And uh, the the cover of the Times Picayune today. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Completely, Have you seen this? completely blank, and it says Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? And uh, I mean that was that was a bold move too. It's yeah. Beautiful though. They'll sell out of that thing. People Absolutely. will have those for souvenirs for years. It's yeah. a, it's a great thing. Well, and in in the Saints and the Chiefs, we've got to think what might have been because I think. I think probably both those teams would have performed. The Saints and Chiefs would have performed better than than the Patriots and the Rams last night. Um, Not a high bar. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't because it's almost like they shot their last blank. They shot their last load. Last, you know, two weeks ago, they got to the Super Bowl, and it was whoever was going to coast from there. Um, Belichick's defense was unbelievable. And, uh, but also you had a relatively new coaching staff, a new head coach, a new, um, a new quarterback and Jared Goff who'd never been this far, obviously in their careers. And there's always some jitters. It, it just shows it. And Belichick's an old hand at this and it showed. So, but, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan in the world, but he's been to nine Super Bowls. He's won six of them. Yeah, you can't deny you know that he's a great football player. One of the probably maybe arguably the greatest football player it, he's ever been. Yeah, I mean you know it's and in that commercial that was I think one of my favorite parts is when he handed his rings <laughs> five to the rings. person yeah. next to him, yeah. Baker yeah. Mayfield. That's great. Yeah, you know great. Baker Mayfield who just came out of no well not out of, he came out of Oklahoma this year but you know had a horrible first quarter of a season third of a season came in and just did a phenomenal job. And I mean, he's this short little guy. He's he's the next version of Drew Brees out there. And Brady's you know just pulling these rings off, and and Baker Mayfield's looking at him like Smeagol with the ring from Lord <laughs> of the Rings to bring a geek uh, reference into it. It was hilarious. Great, great commercial. So, but that was that was our food. That's what we did last night. So just continued in protest with a king cake. And you know, this to me, this kind of wraps up the season that starts in Halloween, possibly with candy. Or, you know, Thanksgiving, at least with that meal. Uh, to me, you know, people say, well, I'll start my whatever diet January 1st. To me, you have to get past. Yes, for sure. Uh, and, of course, some people might say Mardi Gras. I guess we can keep extending this on oh, and yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But so, Valentine. looking May back Day. over, over May the, Day. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> looking back, any good meals stand out for you over the holidays or just in general recently? It's been an interesting uh that's an interesting, I have an interesting answer to that. We have not, we're not like big Indian food eaters, but um, we have one Indian food restaurant here in town. And then I've also begun playing in my recipe books a little bit more. And I had a, a butter chicken, mm. uh, just a jar of butter chicken sauce, made it, and it was pretty good. And then I had found one another recipe in a book that I've used a good bit, uh, cookbook, and, and made it from scratch. It was really good. And then Robbie and I, once upon a time, tried to have lunch at the Indian restaurant here. 
and it was closed the day we went and it's taken me months to get back to it. But I finally got back on a day when it was open a few weeks ago, had their butter chicken again, delicious. Their bread is phenomenal. And, um, told my wife about it. We went back, had basically the same thing again. She ordered the same thing. And so it seems like we've been on a butter chicken theme over the past month and, and really, really love that. So I would say that's probably the best and most oftenly, oftenly, most often eaten <laughs> meal of the past month for us. Butter chicken. I've never had butter chicken. You are missing out. My son's been trying to get me to go to that restaurant. And every time we try to go, it's closed for whatever reason. We, we catch it on the wrong day. And uh, so now I'll know what to get when we show up. Yeah, I'm sure. exactly what And I'm there's trying. a sampler platter. I got the sampler platter, which has a butter chicken on it, but also several other things. Oh, that sounds good. And it is a, it's a good deal. So we should, we should do lunch this week, guys, and not record it. There you go. <laughs> or record it. I'll record yeah. our, our yeah, review room, of it later. Room, room, nom, nom, yeah. nom, nom. So what about you, Art? Uh, for Christmas, uh, we had Becky's family over, and we have always been a turkey and dressing family for you know Thanksgiving and for Christmas. That's what we've always done. And Becky, uh, I, I don't know. She wanted to do something different. And I don't know if it's because there's nothing more stressful, no better time to try something you've never cooked before than when all your family's coming over. But uh, she decided to do prime rib. We did prime rib, uh, spinach, madeleine, and mashed potatoes. And then we have, uh, I have a nephew, actually a nephew-in-law, who's uh, just a couple of years younger than I am, uh, who was a chef uh, and is a chef and uh, has been a chef for 30 years or whatever. And he came over and was making bananas foster, mm-hmm. but, uh, Becky was really stressed out about it, but the prime rib, and I'm not norm- normally a prime rib guy. I mean, I like prime rib, but it's not something I order out, but it was just really, really good. And, uh, chef Harry also said it was really good. And he goes, she needs to never cook it again because she won't top that one. So just, you know, wow. call it. And then, uh, but uh, it was really good. It was, it was fun to have something, something different for a change too. So do you call your nephew-in-law Chef Harry? I call him Harry. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. You I call your son Chef Mark, of course, you know, as that title. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Don't tell him that because it'll make his head even bigger. But seriously, though, one time, I don't know if you've ever met Harry. Uh, he used to be out at Prairie Wildlife. Oh, so okay. You probably met yeah, 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 yeah. I met Harry. He, he, married, he, he married uh, my niece, and uh, just a great guy, just a great guy. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to get them together next time he's yeah, over here. I'll yeah. have him talk to Mark. So I Yeah, because he's in Birmingham now, right? Right, yeah. back to Birmingham, yeah. yeah. That's where they yeah. are now. But he's a really good guy. It's just hilarious to me. I do call him Nephew Harry a lot because, you know, wow. two years' age difference, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, and when I'm picturing him now that I know who you're talking about and you're calling him Nephew, that, uh-huh. that's just hard yeah. to, to wrap our mind yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, he's a head taller than I am, and you know, wow. yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, two years younger. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Chef Mark, um, Mark did a beef Wellington for uh, Christmas Eve that was phenomenal. And Mark has an interesting history with beef Wellington because if you go back to the MasterChef Junior days of a year and a half, two years ago, beef Wellington was what got him cut for MasterChef Junior. He couldn't execute Gordon Ramsay's uh, take on beef Wellington, and so that got him kicked off. And so he's made it a few times since. I will tell you, the beef wellington he made for Christmas Eve was better than any beef wellington I've ever had. I've had it, had it a few times, and Gordon would have liked it. So it was a phenomenal dish. Presentation was great, and uh, it was just it was really, really good. What did Mark make that time that we went to, uh, I think it was the Grill, uh, local restaurant here? Uh, it may have been for a watch party. 
Was it the uh, pork chop? Was yes, it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was really good too. Yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, so the thing with Master Chef, you can't use those recipes because of the property of the show. You come up with it, what you cook. That was the dish that got him to the top twenty. And so there were 40, 40 participants in MasterChef Junior that they, they flew out, and they, they broke it into 10 groups of four. And each group of four had a, a dish to cook, and Mark got pork chops. And he did, a, uh, he, did a, uh, he did a pork chop with some sort of brown sugar glaze. I think he's going to kill me if he listens to this because I can't <laughs> remember exactly what it was. And he did Southern Drop Biscuits. Yes. Oh, that was really good. And cream corn. Okay. And, uh, and he's done that on his show as well. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what got him on MasterChef. And what was interesting, he won that, that pod, that group of four. Christina Toshi really just dug what he was doing. And uh, the other person who came out of that group was was Jasmine, who ended up winning MasterChef Junior that season. So Mark topped her on the front end, so, which was always kind of cool. That's good to know. You yeah. Put yeah. that in your pocket. Yeah, there you go. I may, yeah. have, I may have gotten cut, but I at least beat the person that won. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it, uh, um, that pork chop was great. He does pork really, really well. Yeah, and I love pork chops. That was just a good thing. And I should, should have said I called Mark, Mark the chef, to reinforce yeah. the brand, I stepped. I messed that up completely. It is like, what you know, it is. Never worked in advertising or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but he well, is very talented, and I'm telling you, that was a good. That was a good meal too. You know, we, we our, our Kroger here expanded about two and a half years ago, doubled in size, a massive remodel. I feel like we paid for a couple of rows of that with <laughs> with all of Mark's cooking as he was getting ready for Chop Junior, which is the first show he was on. We would just go to the store. We'd buy random ingredients to do a basket. And I don't know how much we have spent at Kroger with Mark's culinary career. So I feel like there should be a Mark Koblenz honorary corner somewhere. Yeah, a you little plaque. Put his yeah. picture up on That'd one of the great, cart yeah. corrals out in the parking lot. Yeah, with Pat Lane, you know. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh yeah. Okay, that's, you warned us that talking about food before lunch was probably not a good idea. I told you. I so told I'm you. I'm going to suggest a topic change. Okay. okay, we've got we've got about five minutes. This should, or so. this should be plenty of time. Just a quick explanation, or of the difference between geek and nerd, because my wife asked me that uh, this weekend, and I don't know that I had a good answer, so I looked something up. But before I give it, do you consider yourselves geeks or nerds? You've mentioned this before, Robbie. Oh, man, I guess probably a little bit more geeky than I am nerdy. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean that's just kind of off of the feel. What about you, Jay? I think when I was younger, I would have said nerd. Just from the maybe from the you know keeping the good grades and that sort of thing, but um, I always I was in the band and then we called ourselves band geeks, so I've probably used that word more often to describe myself. And now that I've read the definitions that that Art looked up, uh, I think I'm both. Wow, was that thunder? That no. was yeah. That actually was my stomach <laughs> growling. I, I said that might happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I saw was that, um, yeah, and I think we probably are both a little geeky, a little nerdy from time to time. I don't think it's mutually exclusive, but uh, I saw that a geek was an enthusiast or a partic- of a particular topic or field. We're collection oriented, which I think would probably uh, be true, uh, seeing the the stacks of uh, action figures and comics and baseball cards and stuff we have. Uh, we gather facts and mementos related to their subject or interest, and we're obsessed with the newest, coolest, trendiest things that the subject has to offer. Whereas a nerd is more of a studious intellectual uh, about a particular topic, and nerds are achievement-oriented and focus their efforts on acquiring knowledge and skill over trivia memorabilia. Like I said, we can be both of those. I'm a geek. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, when I look out, going back to food and bringing it forward, I'm, 
you know, do some food writing and so when I looked at this, I saw myself in both areas. As far as a geek, I would that's maybe what you would call a foodie because a foodie is looking for the newest, coolest, trendiest foods in the way it's presented. But I call myself a food enthusiast and I went through this morning before we got here and because it's talking about acquiring knowledge and skill and I counted just in a rough count that I have over 50 books just about food and these are not cookbooks. I have 90 something cookbooks. Oh wow. 50 something books that are about food and it ranges anything from, you know, a book about hamburgers to a political sort of food politic kind of thing and um, that sort of stuff. So it ranges the gamut. So I'm collecting the information. I'm also collecting the books, um, but also want to try and when I'm, I'm the guy that will almost always order the special in the restaurant because I know that's what the chef has played with the most and is using their imagination and may never have that chance again. There's a big fear of missing out component in that. Well, that's hard to follow up. That is hard to follow. So I'm assuming you have the omnivores dilemma in your collection. Pretty sure I do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've never read it, but actually I think I checked that one out from the library. I'm not sure I own that one, but yeah, yeah, I I bought it from Mark. You do have it in your collection. (laughs) You may own it now. Jay. (laughs) (laughs) And he's never been allowed in the library again. So what, what about you, Art? What's, where's your, where are you on the I think I fall in the, in the, in the geeky spec uh, side of the spectrum for sure, because of, uh, you know, comic book collection, uh, all the Star Wars and Star Trek memorabilia I had, I went through and was looking on bookshelves, and, and you know, I still have the uh, Star Trek blueprints from the 70s that I've got that, and I've got a Starfleet manual somewhere that I can't find. I hope that hadn't been thrown out. Uh, I do cross over into the nerd spectrum because uh, I do try to create comic book or cartoon artwork, so I think that kind of puts me in the nerdy as opposed to the practitioner of the, of the, the geeky subject that I love. But uh, I think I'd probably fall more in the geek category. Yeah, yeah. So there, I sent you guys a link to a uh, a rent rip off of the cast of Star Trek Discovery, and basically they they took uh, it's all about love, the opening tune to Rent, and uh, made it it's all about was it geeks nerds they it's actually say nerds, nerds. Yeah, yeah that's right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I pointed this out and just a you know, Anthony Rapp, who's a member of that uh, cast, uh, was in the original Broadway production of Rent. And he's the one that really sings well. <laughs> yeah. The others don't. Sing. But the it's a, it's a fun ones, yeah. piece. And, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier before the, the show, I watched a little bit of uh, season two, uh, the, the premiere of season two uh, of Discovery. And it looks like they've kind of decided they're going to inject a little more humor in there. And to me, it has a little bit more appeal doing that. Did you uh, did you like season one of Discovery? I watched only. I, I haven't felt like paying for DC All Access yet. So no, only, CBS All. Access. I'm sorry, CBS yeah. All Access. Yeah. DC, I might do. That's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. That's a geek part of me. But uh, thanks for for catching me on that one. But um, so I only watched the first episode, and I just did not care for it at all. And it, and pieces that I would see of trailers for the other yeah. one, I just didn't feel like they had the right spirit of it. I know some people like it a lot. Uh, uh, what I may do now is is kind of your Game of Thrones thing. Subscribe mm-hmm. for a month and watch and catch up on everything. Binge and, everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Did I say that out loud? Are we recording? Yeah, yeah. I hear that uh, executives at CBS. Oh, they're they're not worried about you. They're having to pay severance to a former or fight paying severance mm-hmm. for a former CEO who's yeah. now gone. So I do want to say the geek versus nerd thing came from Slack propagation website, slackprop.wordpress.com. We accept sponsorship, Slack props, so please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Back up. Slack prop. So, final words? Steal their intellectual property. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Jay, final words? No, I, I'm 
I'm probably not going to need to eat for a little while after after last night. I think. <laughs> wow. I, I would have Although I'll say so. that, and then I, uh, to thinking back to this morning, I, I had a little icing left over from my cookie, so I spread that on a bagel, <laughs> and it was delicious. <laughs> wow. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought I wasn't, but uh, wasn't hungry, but apparently my stomach is telling us yeah. and the listeners yeah. otherwise. That's not, a, uh, that's not a rumble track. That's, that's, right. uh, that's actuality. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you.